Welcome back to Sup Talk. My guest is the 2021 Sup Talk Best Beard Award winner <laughs> and is also the man behind the very popular ingredient, Cell Flow 6. Ladies and gentlemen, my friend, and hopefully yours, Mr. Matt Nickerson. Matt, how are you, my friend? Absolutely a pleasure being on your show, brother. I'm doing fantastic, Sean. How are you? Dude, I am I am well. Like I said, it's you know, and I want to be respectful, but I think it's easier for me to get through to Biden than it is with you sometimes. <laughs> Dude, uh, that's entirely on me. You and I have been in pursuit of this for a long time. You're an exceedingly patient man. And uh, all I can say is I hope I don't disappoint, dude. I'm very honored to be in front of you, in front of your audience, and I think we're going to have some fun. No, it's, I mean, everybody, everybody knows you from, I mean, like I said, you're well-respected, you're well-liked, and maybe after this podcast, you'll be even more well-liked, or maybe you'll scare some people along the way. Who knows? Unquestionably, dude. But based on some of your previous guests, dude, I know your no-holds-barred style. Rob shines every time he's on your podcast. I'd love to do So we're just going to, we're just going to drop some bombs, man. We're going to have some fun. So I always like to start off, let's, let's go back to Matt, the teenager, growing up in high school athlete normal normal person nerd what we like growing up I, I i was aggressive and and i don't mean that necessarily in a negative way but i was always looking for action it's kind of funny because i was speaking with my girlfriend recently and i said man i i was born in 1979 i grew up all through the 80s i was a 90s teenager and i said look kind of the point of my childhood was surviving and i and i don't mean that in a conventional text, I'm like, if I wasn't like close to death and surviving it as a kid, I wasn't really having fun. And okay. I think that's just the way that 80s kids were, man. We went out, we looked for action, we found it, we yep. beat ourselves up and we went and did it again. And that was my entire childhood. So from the moment I could really walk, literally I was kicking a ball or throwing a ball. My parents had me actively engaged in sports from, from the earliest of ages before I can remember. Okay. And historically, for my birthdays or Christmas or anything, all I would ever ask for is a ball. And the reason for that is my dad had a rule. And he said, look, I'm never going to force you to play sports, but you're going to have to try soccer, baseball, football, and basketball. You're going to have to play each one of them for three years. And after that, if you don't like it, you're done. Yep. But you are going to give these sports a shot, and we're going to see what comes from it. And I just, I took to all of them and, and it didn't come until the later years where I finally just started picking and choosing where my path is ultimately going to go. But I was playing baseball since I was five. Okay. Um, I was playing indoor soccer from I, literally since I was four and I got to play in my first full pads football when I was age seven. And I okay. went and did that all the way through college, but it's kind of funny. I kind of classify it like this. I was always naturally gifted at baseball. My best sport was basketball, but my favorite sport was football. And I think okay. large in part that had to do with just the aggressive nature of it. However, I found myself uh, on the wrong side of the ball in football. I ended up being a quarterback, which is a little bit more precision and finesse than I oh, was geez. used to. Okay. Uh, at, you know, in my adolescence, I was more of a outside linebacker and tight end because I was kind of a bigger kid. And then I just started growing this way and I never grew this way. I just became tall and lanky, yeah. but I always had a live arm because I was a catcher in baseball and I just, I could sling it. And my brother's high school coach saw me watching film at a family dinner. One. So a team dinner, my brother's high school team was hosting a team dinner 
And he was watching some of my game tape. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, you're a quarterback. And from the seventh grade and on, this, this coach had been grooming me every Saturday until I got to high school. Every Saturday, I was at the field working on my dropbacks and my three, five, seven step drops, my bootlegs, yep. throwing on the run. Um, and he just shaped me into a quarterback. So the days of me getting to, you know, had backs and people on defense were long gone. Now I'm the one getting blindsided in the pocket. So I miss that aspect of it, but football truly became my calling. And uh, it was just nonstop action for me as a kid. I kind of, <laughs> I kind of, I kind of crack up today because I see so many people just not as active as they used to be. Right. Like oh, they, yeah. they love to live on their devices. They do everything on social media and that's the irony of it i'm like you live on social media but you're anti-social in real life and like you're missing the best parts yep um i never got to go home after school and take a nap i was always off to practice or anything i always had to focus on my grades and stay eligible so that was my incentive yep to be somewhat of a decent enough student but athletics shaped my life and so it was always that seeking of an adrenaline rush and that next that next big triumph on the field or on the court or on the track that i just it was it was my addiction ironically it's what fueled me going into being uh becoming an entrepreneur is just because i i needed an outlet to compete i yep. i have no other measurables to see where i'm at in this world how i'm doing and and where i'm faring and then when right. i became an entrepreneur it's just one of those things like let's Let's see what I'm made of. I'm either going to sink or I'm going to swim. It's going to be uh, either I'm as good as I think I am or I'm not. And I'm going to be humbled real fast. So yep. in a nutshell, that's it, man. I was I was born into athletics. I survived my three years that my dad told me to, and I was hooked. Was dad, was dad athletic growing up as well? Was he living vicariously through you? Or is there, did he have a forte that maybe he was hoping to kind of put onto you? No, you know, my dad, he, I mean, he even played softball well and through his thirties, you know? So, I mean, he, nice. was, he was on recreational like flag football teams as a, as a young adult when he was raising me as a, as a little kid. Yeah. Uh, but he was a baseball player growing up. He ultimately ended up going into coaching after uh, his playing days were done. He coached a couple of state championships in high school, which wow. was great for him. And so I had the benefit of growing up across the street from my high school. Literally, I'd oh, hear wow. the 10-minute bell ring in the morning, and I'd get out of bed and walk to class. That's awesome. <laughs> it was great. And on the weekends and, and even during the week, I would just always go to the high school as a little kid, and I would run routes. I would kick field goals. I would take batting practice. I would find souvenirs. I'd find old beat-up sweaty pads and think it was the coolest thing. Like, I thought I was part of it. And so that, that was ingrained in me from a little kid. My dad just truly took the time to develop me. And it was always recreational. He coached me in baseball specifically from, I would say, the time I was seven years old all the way up until I was 13. Okay. And, uh, and a couple of years in between in there, he chose not to coach me. He turned me loose to other coaches and made me available to other coaches to coach because he wanted me to adapt other styles. Yeah. Turned out to be a very bad idea. We didn't know that at the time, but it gave us perspective. I played for some absolute lunatics and they were just not fun to play with. I, they took a lot of the love uh, of the game away from me. Yeah. And so my dad's all right, experiment failed. You're not, you're not, you're not, you're, you're only getting coached by me from now on. So uh, he took care of me in baseball. He taught me some good mechanics in football. My brother's also, he was a stud quarterback. 
and our styles were completely different. He's about 18 months older than me. Okay. He looks like me, only he's twice as wide. My brother was a quarterback in a linebacker's body. Wow, okay. That guy flat-footed can throw a ball 65 yards. He's he's ridiculous. Jeez. I'm telling you. <laughs> so I was I was wily. I could I could scramble. I had to. Yep. Uh, but my brother can just sling it. He can oh god leap. And I hated catching routes for him in spring ball because my hands are frozen and he just darts, dude. He just throws absolute frozen ropes and he's he's crushing your hands and he's not trying to, but he will break you off with a tight spiral. So my brother really taught me a lot about the game. He taught me a lot about just execution, precision, what it meant to be a quarterback. Yep. And uh, it just took, I, I liked the leadership position. It wasn't forced. It came, it came organically. Uh, I liked, I liked the idea of the ball being in my hands to do something to do with. So with, with your brother, was there, was there a lot of competition or you guys kind of harmoniously play nice together, you know, in the household and whatnot, not, not, you know what I mean? Football wise, two different styles, one trying to outdo the other. You know, it's funny. So the, the, Albuquerque Journal, he, you know, we, we played our ball in Albuquerque, New Mexico. The Albuquerque Journal ran a article on us. It, it was called Relative Rivals. Wow, and, okay. And it was about me and my brother. And I was trying to beat him out for starting varsity quarterback. He was a starter. Uh, and, and we just went back and forth. We would shit talk each other like, dude, I dropped 400 plus yards and three tugs. And He's like, yeah, well, you threw a pick, and I did, and I ran for two and scored. You know what I mean? It was just back and forth. And so we, we just always always have a, a, a very healthy rivalry, yep. and we would never succeed one to the other. But we always cheered each other on, but uh, it was very good, healthy competition. So that was a funny question because the, the local newspaper literally covered that. Did you? So you said he was a year and a half old, older than you? Yeah, yeah. He's close to two years older than me, so – I was a freshman when he was a junior. Okay. And so he was, he was floating, not floating on varsity. He was firmly on varsity, but he was kind of utility. So when he wasn't at quarterback, they would use him in the backfield in uh, yeah. a number of different applications, be it running back, fullback, tight end. We just ran a unique, weird offense. The coach that had been there had been there over 30 years. He ran an old school style wing T archaic offense, dude, but it suited my brother's strengths because again, the guy's a tank. But he yeah. can also throw like the day is long. So when they weren't utilizing, depending on who we were playing, when they weren't utilizing his skill set with the arm, they were utilizing his skill set with the legs. And Got so it. he uh, he had a nice range to his uh, to his abilities. But, so did you, so did the high school have have one major team, or was it like varsity, junior varsity? Yeah. So we had we had C team, which is freshman. We had JV, okay. which is you know more sophomores, and so. I got called up to varsity my sophomore year. I was my brother's backup as a junior when he when he finally oh, wow. took over the starting job officially. And then yep. he started, uh, obviously, his senior year, and I was his backup. I wore number 16. He wore number 17. And it was okay. actually a neat thing. Like, when I was a sophomore, my dad pulled up into the driveway. <laughs> this is a funny story. Uh, the coach, like, we just finished up two-a-days. It's, it's kind of we're getting close to the first game of the year. And I'm coming in from the locker room. And the head football coach, Coach Hoffman, he says, Nickerson. And I look over and he throws me a varsity jersey. It was such a cool moment. I was like, holy shit, I just got called up. Cool. Yeah. And uh, my dad didn't know it. Uh, none of us knew it. It was a surprise to all of us. I, I kind of, I felt like I belonged on varsity, but, you know, there was no expectation. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my brother got his number. I got my number. We went home. We were both locked out of the house like idiots. And my dad comes <laughs> home from work and we're sitting on the porch and we're both wearing our jerseys and 
my dad had his little moment and and it was cool. But we were very proud to represent our dad, our family, as yeah. quarterback one, quarterback two. I can I can imagine if you're the announcer saying, "Okay, Nickerson coming out. Oh, Nickerson going back in." <laughs> yeah, man, it was. Dude, I, I just thought it was so much fun just getting to learn from the guy. I had the benefit of learning from my brother from the front row. You know what I mean? So yep. he was definitely ready for varsity. It was a different speed. I I had a, I had a decent skill set, but I knew I wasn't ready. I was still learning. Like, I had only truly started uh, as a freshman quarterback, yep. and I got called into varsity my sophomore year. I, I was, of course, floating. So I was on JV and varsity. So I started JV because they wanted me to get the reps. But I floated varsity and I dressed for varsity and I would travel with the team. Okay. Um, but I had a lot of work to do, man. Like I've, I, I didn't have the quarterback instincts that I needed. I had yep. a lot of trouble initially reading a defense because, again, it was an old style offense, man. We didn't, we didn't have traditional coverage reads. Like everything was very much so on the run. So, okay. I rarely ever dropped back more than three steps, and everything was typically a bootleg or a rollout or a sprint out. And okay. so there wasn't a lot of defensive coverage reads. And so I actually really needed the time to just learn the game. I could physically play it, but I knew fuck all, dude. Like I was such, such a dumbass quarterback, man. Like good football player, bad quarterback. And I just, I needed the time and it was great to learn underneath my brother. And so Matt, we'll wrap up one last question. So at dinner time, was mom invested or was she like, guys, shut up. Can we talk about something else? Over it, dude. She's way over it, man. My mom wanted me to play the piano, dude. She's like, you've got those long fingers. And I'm like, but they're meant for spirals, not tickling ivories. You know what I mean? Like, she couldn't give a shit less. It's so funny. So she loved us and she supports us. She goes to all the games, but my dad would videotape everything and he'd pan over and there's my mom just reading a book. <laughs> so she was there. She loved it. She knew what we did. She respected it. But man, it, it was not her favorite thing. She would have much, much rather us yeah. taken a different route and, and gone more the artsy, um, sophisticated, academic route. But it, it just, it wasn't, it, it's not my temperament, dude. It's not, it's not the way I'm yeah. wired. And no sisters, just straight, straight I've boys in the house. i sister, yeah. So okay. She's, she's, the, so she, she's the oldest one, man. She's a, uh, she's a super almost entirely girl. alone. Mom wasn't, mom wasn't entirely surrounded by testosterone. There was a little bit more estrogen in the house. Bullseye, man. And my okay. sister, man, she's no joke, dude. Like, she's she's always in the news over here in Albuquerque, dude. She's always on morning talk shows and shit. Wow. She's a big-time event planner. People just – she's the dot connector, dude. We call her the little general because she just gets shit done. And, and so she's always just making moves. And people would ask me, like, what's she doing? I'm like, I literally – like, I can't, I can't pin it down. Because okay. she does so much with so many and she she's working an event or she's she's a hustler. The, yeah, she's like the primary driver of our major league soccer team's opening night. I'm like, what the hell do you even do? She does it all. She connects dots, she has foundations and charities, and so she's always hustling, as you said, doing something. And so she was always there, a huge supporter. She's always had our back. So she's basically two times, two times as busy as you then. She's double oh, you then, it sounds like. Brother, absolutely, dude. And, and, and she, again, I, it's one of those things like uh, in my family, you kind of feel a calling to succeed yep. and, and to, to represent the way everyone else already is. My mom's a business, business owner. She owns a school. It's called the Cottonwood School. She's, okay. she's the proprietor there for 30 years. She has shaped countless immeasurable lives. Uh, over that time, I'm incredibly proud of her. I worked for her time and again. 
Uh, in fact, I got my start with her. I was teaching PE. I was, I was a, I was <laughs> a PE teacher in my early 20s when I graduated college. And it was at her campus. I just, I, I, I enjoyed it. It fit really nicely. And so she does her thing. My dad's a, a safety engineer out at the Sandia National Laboratories. In fact, he just retired, distinguished uh, after 39.5 years on the base. Wow. Um, Crazy. And he does rocket launches. So I've, I've got a family of people I want to try and keep up with, but they, they're all very proud of what we're doing and what, what my goal is to do. Yeah, and they've been nothing but supportive. And that's the funny thing. I'd like to kind of I like to needle the world a little bit from time to time because you got those people that bang on. I'm self-made. I'm like, let's talk about that. You know, like a lot of people yeah. like to talk about their self-made, but I'm like, I seriously doubt that. I think if you're where you are, people loved you along the way. And yeah, maybe you've it. forgotten about that because, dude, I'm not self-made. If I didn't have the people in my corner giving me support, love, money, dude, I've had to borrow money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I promise you, Selflow 6 isn't here. My family has always had my back. My friends have always had my back. And you just have those people that bind and believe in you. And so I've never been a big fan of the self-made thing because I think oftentimes it kind of denigrates a little bit about people's history selectively remembering who's helped them along the way. Yeah. So what college did you go to, Matt? So <laughs> my brother went to Western New Mexico University. And the reason okay. being is he was being recruited by a, a junior college, a coach at a junior college. He's like, you got to go JUCO. This is where to go. I'm going to start you day one. You're going to go big. I've coached NFL quarterbacks. That coach gets hired over at Western New Mexico. He's like, fuck JUCO. You got to come here. I want you over here with me. And so my brother is playing ball for Western New Mexico. And now I'm in my senior year and I'm killing it. I'm getting recruitment letters from UNLV, ASU, wow. UVA, West Virginia, uh, right. University of New Mexico. And then I got shot four games into my senior season and it, and it wiped out the rest of my, my high school career, unfortunately. In you fact, shot got, like a bullet or shot like you had an injury? No, I got shot with a nine millimeter in the chest. Okay, so our, our good mutual friend James from Impel he said, ask Matt about the gunshot story. So I don't know if you want to open that can or not. No, dude, I'm happy to talk about it. And, and I'll, I'll get to that after this little piece. Oh, please, okay. And so I, uh, I, got, I got injured four games into my senior year. And my recruitment stopped. Um, okay. The, the letters stopped, the interest stopped. And they basically said, like, they're like, look, I don't know if you're going to walk again, let alone play again, man. Like, we can't, we can't offer you a ride. We can't honor the commitment. Yeah. And, and so you're welcome to walk on or anything of that regard. And, and it just, it all went up in smoke. I was fortunate enough to come back like my, my last game. I got to dress for my last game and I got to get in the game a little bit. I literally still had the bullet in my back and I was wearing a girdle because the bullet was still in my, like in the lining of my lung. Jeez. And I, I ran a veer option and I jumped over one guy, but a dude caught me literally in midair and slammed me on my back. And, and ordinarily when I get my tits lit like that, I'd kind of laugh it off. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, this time I was like, oh. <laughs> and I thought the bullet punctured my lung. I was like, fuck, I'm done. I was like, I'm done with high school ball, man. I'm done. Yeah. And the interesting thing is I had every intention of, cause I, I fucking hated my high school coach. I still hate my high school coach. Okay. Um, he was an absolute fucking monster, dude. The guy, the guy would just psychologically abuse the shit out of me. And, and I will never back down from that statement. He was a fucking monster. And, uh, so much so that I hated the game of football. And my dad always told me, overcome your hatred of the coach for the love of the game. Yeah. And so in all honesty, dude, when I, when I got hurt the way I did, 
I was thankful I didn't have to play another down for that son of a bitch. However, going into this year, the way he treated me, I was like, I'm done with football. I'm, I'm enlisting in the military. I'm going to, I'm going to go be a Navy SEAL and that's going to be my path. I'm done with it. Fuck college, fuck football. It's time to go serve. And then I get shot and now I don't have closure. And now I, I feel like something's been taken from me and I didn't check my boxes. And so now I'm like, all right, I feel like I still need to play. I, I feel like I've got unfinished business. Yeah. Now back to your question. My brother's playing ball at Western. Western kept talking to me because of my brother. Western stayed interested in me because of my brother. And once again, I went and backed up my brother at Western. And then I started playing quarterback. Okay. And then I switched over, over to receiver because I'm like, I'm just tired of playing quarterback. So I was kind of both. I played yeah, yeah. PB and I played wideout. And I love playing wide out more because now my brother's dropping dimes on me all the time. And it was a blast. I fell in love with the game again. Yeah. It was so much fun. And then ultimately, like I made my peace with football when I was finished. I knew I was finished. I always tell people, I'm like, first of all, nowhere near good enough to have ever been drafted. All right. Like I would have never gone okay. pro, not even a consideration. If I had been drafted, I would have absolutely said not a fucking chance. I'm done. Yeah, yeah not interested my my body's gone through it dude i've had 14 concussions literally the big reason why the military wouldn't take me i couldn't get cleared medically i was my body was destroyed my head all of it and so i i never got to serve my country unfortunately but i will do the best i can to serve my community so that's what happened that's how i ended up going and playing ball at western my brother kept my dream alive and they kept the door open for me. They gave me the benefit of the doubt because my brother's like, dude, he's strong, he's training, he's he's in. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and a big motivation behind me switching to receiver from quarterback is relative to where the bullet placement was. I'll stand up. So this is my left side. I got shot right here. Okay. And the bullet swirled around and ended up in my back. Jeez. And so it just bounced off some ribs and just kind of came over and uh, and just settled there. And, and in doing so, I lost like 25 yards off my long ball. And I didn't have that, that depth to lose. Like, my brother yeah, had yeah. the gun, dude. I had the legs. Um, and so that's, that was a big reason why I wanted to switch to receivers. Just I felt like I could play again. I, I got to hit people again. I got to – it was just fun. I felt more part of the game. And it yeah, was yeah. an organic transition. Now I can imagine again getting back to my 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 uh, reference earlier, being the announcer saying, "Oh, Dickerson, forty-five yard touchdown by Dickerson," you know? <laughs> yeah, dude, it was it was. And, and by the way, the game I the, the last game I played in high school, I, I started. The, it was my homecoming game. I started the game off with a seventy-four yard touchdown run. Wow! And uh, I, had the, I had the game of my life. I had a blast. It was so much fun. Uh, my, you know. And then it all went downhill from there. It's kind of funny. My dad was so prophetic. He's like, dude, he's like, you're on top of the world right now. You're being recruited everywhere. You just played the game yeah. of your life. Homecoming court. It's all a big deal. Don't do anything to fuck this up. And I was like, what could go wrong? I'm just going to my homecoming dance. I'm going to have fun. Yeah. So inadvertently, I'm transitioning into the bullet story. You want me to continue? No, because I know people are listening and people are probably like, okay, you're brought up. Get to it. Yeah. Okay. So no more plan, just the tip. So. We, uh, we go. We play the game. We're having fun. We win. Crowd goes wild. We go to the dance. We're having fun. The dance is over. Okay. I'm with my group of people. We're on our way to a barbecue. We're just going to splash around in the pool, drink some drinks, have some fun. 
Yep. And uh, the driver of the vehicle that I was in, he's driving, I'm in shotgun, and there's three passengers in the back, two of which I've known since elementary school, one of which I've known all the way back since sixth grade. So these are lifelong friends that I'm with. Yeah, yeah. And we're in transit. So the guy that's driving, I don't care for. And, and in fact, he's not even alive anymore. He got shot and killed. So okay. he, uh, he was driving our car. He was a hothead. He was a druggie. He was, he, you know. Yeah, yeah. And he started shit with another car. Like him and this other car kind of pull up to a stoplight and they're, they're yapping at each other. I don't care. It, it's, it is what it is. This is very common yeah, yeah. where I live. And so ultimately both these cars kind of pull over and they're going to go sort it out. At this point, I still don't care. I'm like, you want to go have a fight, go have a fight. I'm, a, I'm, I'm here. I didn't even get out of the car. Didn't care. The driver of my car is walking over. It's mutually on. And then he stops dead in his tracks. And I thought to myself, I was like, what a pussy. <laughs> like, he's talking all that big time shit. And then it, like, it's go time. And he just stops. And then I realized he's got a laser dot dancing on his chest and it's settled on his head oh shit and then i see a guy in the car has got a pistol leveled at him i was like fuck so now i get out of the car now i'm in and i walk up on the car and I said yo if, if if you're looking for a fight you can have one if you're looking for a gunfight you win um yeah this shit's gone long enough and ain't happening and then uh the driver of the vehicle's like nickerson and i was like yeah He's like, what the fuck, dude? Like, this dipshit copied my geometry homework in summer school at another fucking high school. So I know oh, this jeez. Yeah. And and I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Put the gun down. What are you doing? And yeah, he's yeah. like, well, fuck him. And, you know, he's the one starting shit. I was like, nah. I was like, you were. you. I saw what the fuck happened. That's on you. And so these guys are going at it. I defuse it, dude. I de-escalate the entire situation. I said, we're going our way. You go yours. Draw. It's a draw. Yeah, yeah. His sister's in the back, and she fires off. She's like, that's right, you fucking pussies. Walk away. And I said, bitch, <sighs> shut your goddamn mouth. You you act like you're hard because your brother's got a little fucking gun. I said, fuck you and fuck him, all right? I was like, you guys are sitting here, coked out of your fucking minds, whipping pistols out on people. Go fuck yeah. yourself. Don't you talk to my sister that way. I said, motherfucker. I said, I'll talk to either one of you, however, however I want. I said, I don't give a shit about you or your gun or where the fuck this goes next. And so now I have it all fired back up again. Everyone's pissed off. Oh, shit. And, and so I see this guy. His eyes are dilated. They're the size of olives, dude. They're just black. Okay. I describe it. He looks like a shark. And I always tell people what he did was not out of bravery. It was out of fear. And I'm not saying we scared him to death. I'm just saying his paranoia and drug use took him to where yeah. And so next thing I know, I start seeing him get real shaky, real jittery, real. And I was like, nah, I said, here it comes. And I'm getting in the front of my buddy. I said, hey, enough, enough. It stopped. It stops here. And it didn't. He, he leveled the gun. He went at it and he fired. I got in front of it. Uh, I took the bullet from my buddy and there's now kind of a, I go down a little, but I, I didn't go all the way down and I grabbed the gun and I shot the fucker back with it. I didn't kill wow. him, but he didn't shoot me again either. And so we both have bullet wounds now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then I finally fall. Cause I didn't realize that I'd been shot yet. Okay. Like I'd been shot at before, but I'd never been hit. 
And that's why this wasn't like a foreign situation to me of, oh my God, there's a gun, run. Like I saw a gun, I've seen this before. I've de-escalated it before, nothing happened. It's, it is what it is. It's yeah, a yeah. weekend in Albuquerque, dude. And so Jeez. I fall back and I'm like, I can't believe that motherfucker shot at me. Now it's on, now I'm pissed. And I, and I get up and I realize I can't lift my left arm. Like my left arm is behaving strangely. And then my knees are getting a little wobbly. And I kind of, I kind of start getting weak and I fall forth and I, I kind of hit the deck a little bit and then I'm laying back and I was like, shit. And I'm feeling around and my hands covered in blood. I was like, God, fuck, he got me, man. I was like, and I'm trying to like figure out how serious it is. And then the guy that I, you know, got in front of, he's like, that should have been me. That should have been me. He's doing the whole thing. And now my dear friends, my lifelong friends are freaking out. They just saw me point blank get shot this whole yeah, shooting yeah. that's happened in a drive up no less like literally the girl the drive up's listening to the whole thing and uh i'm on the ground i'm bleeding out my friends rush over and my dearest friend michelle carter she's the one i've known since fourth grade and and we're just this peas in a pod yeah uh i start kind of fading in and out a little bit because i'm just spitting out blood and she's like oh my god She's like, help is on the way, 911. And I started getting a little woozy. I started going out of it. I was, I was losing blood. I was passing out. And uh, I, apparently I did. And yeah. so I come to in her lap. They all think I just got killed. Uh, and then I'm, I wake up and I'm surrounded by EMTs. And EMTs Damn. are kind of getting me back to, back to life a little bit. And they're like, what's your name? And, I, and I'm still like right next to Michelle. I'm looking right at her. And I was like, I'm Superman. And I winked at her. And she's like, you motherfucker. But I was like trying to introduce some levity here. Yeah. And, and that's not even the funniest part, dude. Again, I'm, I'm trying to go to college. I'm trying to be a good kid. I'm trying not to have any stains on my record. And the guy yeah. that I took the bullet for, I was like, hey, dude, I got a fake ID in my fucking wallet. Get it out of my pants. The cops are going to want to see who the fuck I am. So I'm getting my fake ID out of my wallet. I'm bleeding out my friend's lap. I'm, I actually know I'm going to be okay. I, I know I'm not going to die. Yeah, yeah. So they, they take me, they wheel me off. And in the, in the ambulance, I'm telling them, I'm like, hey, uh, I got a game on Friday. Like, I, I got my ass kicked by Roswell last year. I'd really like you guys to get this bullet the fuck out so I can play. And in that very moment, not only did they not abide by my request, that finger goes, and then they're stuffing a catheter in my junk. And I was like, that was worse than the gunshot wound. Like, what the hell are you guys doing? Bullets up here. Why are we focusing on down there? They're checking for internal bleeding, how, how much damage has been done. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And so it was, it was a big mess, dude. But I missed the rest of my senior season. Uh, I ended up going away to college. And I ended up facing that guy in court. And because I shot him back, uh, he was found not guilty. They're like, the jury oh, just didn't know like who the antagonist or the instigator was. There was not a reason beyond a reasonable doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but it is what it is. I, I don't care that he went to jail or not. I, I know that I financially broke his family and having to defend that trial. Okay. I completed the doubt that the, the, the attorney, uh, the DA rather said, he's like, I can play him right now to five years and he'll, and, and he'll take it and it's done. I was like, no, I want them to have to face a trial and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and pay those legal expenses and the whole thing. And so that's what we did. I, I dragged him through a trial and I was on wow. the stand and I was calling it cool the entire time. And 
I, you know, it, it went the way I went. Cause at the end of the day, I, I had nothing to lose. Yeah, I yeah. And I wanted them to, I wanted him to sweat and suffer. And no matter what, I knew I was getting in my car, going back to college and going to go play college football. I knew this guy going to be a druggy loser, which he is. And, and so it goes. So, bro, I, 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 you seem like you're, you're, you're comfortable with it. So I appreciate you sharing that with obviously me and the listeners. Sure. I know the wise guy that you are. I'm surprised you didn't go in the ambulance. Guys, it's only a flesh wound. I need to get back <laughs> out there. I, I genuinely thought it was. I was like, look, I know I'm new here, but I feel like this isn't that serious. And, and I didn't know, I didn't know if the bullet was still in me or not. The crazy thing is I could smell my, my, my flesh cooking. Yeah. Um, when the bullet goes in, it's, it's liquid hot. Yeah and, yeah. and that smell stayed with me for months. Like it was crazy. And then the adrenaline dump that happened just when the shock was wearing off. I, I can swear, imagine. it took like a couple of months for, for the, all the shock to finally wear off. And Jeez. after that, it was like hard even to stay awake. But I'm telling you, like, I got shot at two in the morning on a Saturday night, right? Like, so technically a Sunday. I was in the hospital on all through Sunday and everything else. I got discharged and I was ready for school by Monday. And <laughs> the principal calls me up and he's like, you're not coming in. He's like, we have every news van and... <laughs> four states surrounding the school right now you're staying your ass at home we'll call you and tell you when to come back yeah and so they finally said all clear come in wow and uh and and it, i never gave interview in fact i gave one interview because i and and i'm i learned a long time ago you you know silence can be you know misinterpreted but but it can never be misquoted that's it and, that's it and so i just I let people draw their conclusions. I never said anything. And then the hit pieces started coming. What was the quarterback doing out so late at night back in my day? And oh, it was of just, course. Found you know, drugs in your was, system and an alcohol level of 2.0, probably all sorts of craziness. Yeah. Yeah. I was the bad guy. So, you know, they killed me twice and it was awesome. And, <laughs> and, and, and that's where I, like my distrust of the media began. They, they wanted sensationalism. And I wouldn't give it to them. I wanted the story to die. And by continuing to grant interviews and talk about it, it would have kept it alive. And I had no interest in that. I just wanted to move on with my life. I'd lost enough. So, Matt, so I'm going to bring this in for a minute. So I didn't mention off air. So people can actually comment. So I'm sure kind of a good friend, Pete, he goes, yeah, big deal. You got shot. I died from a bee sting and they shocked me back. So they're a tough guy. Stay there. <laughs> you want to know what almost fucking killed me? Baby fire ants, dude. I, I my, my, my house in college was built for Habitat for Humanities. It was as low budget as could be. Like, was it a yurt, was it? You live in a yurt? It may as well have been, dude. It was like millimeter thick drywall. There was no siding, no insulation, no nothing. I took a nap on my couch one day, woke up covered in fire ants, little baby fire ants. And I started going into anaphylactic shock, dude. My tongue oh my looked gosh. like the size of a fucking whoopee cushion, dude. I opened my mouth. I couldn't even see the back of my throat. I had to drive myself. I couldn't bend my limbs. They were so swollen. I took, I, I had a, ma a manual transmission. I had to go first gear all the way to the hospitals. I could barely breathe. And then I have my Pulp Fiction moment of epinephrine to the heart. To, like, it was a crazy shit. I'm like, please don't let this be what fucking kills me, man. Like, I, like I've survived some gnarly shit. That was, the shooting's not even my craziest story, dude. And and I'm like, baby fire ants is what puts me in the ground. Fucking this can't be right. So, so Pete bringing up fucking bee stings. That is so Pete, dude. 
I love the guy. Like every, I start every day with that guy fucking with me. It's sending me something hilarious or talking some funny shit to me. So Pete is absolutely my boy. I fully expected him to come in and roast me. Okay. So I'm going to throw Pete completely under the bus. Okay. Okay. Has Pete been sending you some of this animal porn shit? Because I'm like, dude, what are you following? I'm like, what are you? But anyway, well, let's maybe, maybe take that off the record. But Pete knows. I'm like, dude, if you're going to send me stuff, send me some good stuff. I don't want to see cats and dogs. Oh, dude. He, he, dude, he kills me. I'm like, bro, you've got the best algorithm on Instagram, dude. Like the shit that you come across in your in your explore button is hysterical. And, and dude, it's so wide ranging. It's always a, it, I never know what I'm going to get, but I know it's going to be gold. I like, he sent me the craziest thing that day of an alligator, literally just swimming along with a with the, the body in the, in the mouth. Yes. And I'm like, that's Pete, dude. He finds it. It finds him and it comes my way. And I'm like, and now my day can begin. And, and honestly, dude, one of my favorite parts about going out to Rob's Apollon uh, all-star seminar back in 2022, yeah. he's the first person I saw. And I told my okay. girlfriend, I said, film this. I said, that's my boy. I said, I've never met him in real life. And he's one of the people I absolutely have been dying to meet for years. Pete's been with me since 2017, dude, yeah. since I started with Vaso 6. And I was like, I need you to capture this because I've never met him. He doesn't know I'm coming. And I walk up and I just stared at him. And he stared at me like, who's this rude prick inter interrupting the conversation he was having? Yeah. And it took him a minute. And he's like, motherfucker. <laughs> And then, like, it set the tone for my trip in Jersey, dude. It was the shit. So Pete, Pete kicked it off right. No, same way. So Pete and I have chatting for years. And then finally, when I went up to, I go up to Apollo now, like, once a month. So him and I try to get a workout in, lunch, dinner, something. He's, yeah, like, my main him. guy to go see besides Robic. Dude, it's, it, it is a, I'll never miss another event. I loved it. It was great. And I told Pete, I said, man, I, the thing I hated most about that event is that I was in and out. It literally, I was in and out 24 yeah. hours. And yeah, okay. it was because I had to turn right around and get prepared for Supply Side West. Okay. And so the back-to-back -back nature of those things, it was in and out. And I was like, dude, next year, I'm just coming out early. And I mean several days early. Uh, he suggested a place that's like the Red Inn or something like that. It okay. was like phenomenal steaks, legacy bartenders. They've been there for ages. The kind of place where they know your name, they know your drink, they know how you like it. He's like, we're going there. And I'm like, say no more. I've been dying yeah. to sit down and have some bourbon and a cigar with Pete for years. And so next time I go to Apollon, I'm going a few days early just so we can recreate and chill. Yeah, no, definitely. Hey, he just chimed in too. It's just, it was like Timmy and Lassie had reunited. <laughs> dude, <laughs> only way hotter. Yeah, dude. Oh, and we have Lucas shit, on man. here too. Cool. We have our boy Lucas from Poland on here too and listening saying, you know, glad, glad to see you on here. Dude, Lucas, man, I the industry needs more of lucas and more lucases but there's only one no like, i'm gonna say no i only want one i only want one i love god of death but only one please that's it dude yeah we couldn't handle more man he's our he's our stim junkie dude that guy will test drive anything and tell oh, you yeah. what's happening with it man and he just puts such a fun international flair to just the supplement space dude like he he sees it all he talks about it all and at one point we were all planning on doing a podcast it had been like me um samborski yeah, probably Shinetsky, uh, Rob Shinetsky. Shinetsky is another one, and then Shane. And ultimately, you know, it, it got put off for too long, and I'm sure large yeah. in part that's my fault. But he's a purist. He's an industry purist. He's one of my favorite people in the industry just because 
he's what makes it go round, dude. I tell a lot of people relative to my audience, I said, I'm not a bodybuilder. No one's ever going to mistake me for one. I'm just on the backside of 40, dude. Like I, yep. I'm just a weekend warrior, man. I like food. I like drinking. I like a good time. And I like to stay fit. I like to stay athletic and dangerous. And I just enjoy supplements. And the, the people that really do gravitate and resonate with me aren't the bodybuilders, man. It's just, it's the supplement nerds, dude. It's the people yep. that really enjoy supplements and ingredients and innovation. And it's just my core, dude. Um, yeah. I love those guys. And I, I love hearing, because it's just, you can't hide, dude. You guys are all so blunt. Yes. I, I told my partner, Mike, I said, there's nowhere to hide in this industry. I said, I, so help me God, they will tell you what they think. Good, bad, or indifferent, you are going to hear about it because they're either going to feel it or they're going to tell you your snake oil. But the feedback will be real, whatever that means. Yep. And Lucas is one of those guys. He will tell you straight. Careful, Lucas. Don't put Lucas too high because Pete's going to start DMing you in a minute saying you're cheating on him or something. So be careful. No, dude. I'm already getting notifications that Pete is sending me explicit nudes. Per my request, of course. I mean, I just need of course. to. It's progress picks, dude. So, Matt, you go, you go to. So, not to go fully down, you go to college. What did you study in college? Science of some sort? Negative, dude. That didn't come until really? later. I, I wanted to be a police officer. I studied, I studied criminal justice and sociology. So, I double majored. I got two degrees. I've got a minor in psychology. And my whole goal was to go be a cop. It's all I ever wanted to be. Literally, was protect and serve. And my okay. brother is a cop. My brother's a SWAT sniper. He's been an undercover wow. narco. He's done it all. I mean, dude, when he was undercover, his beard was bigger than mine. And, <laughs> yeah. okay. it's, it, it, it was a sight to behold. And so my whole goal was to be a cop. And I can tell you why I'm not. And that's another crazy fucking story. And, and, and I don't mean to speak diminutively about the law enforcement community. I love them. I love them dearly. But after I, after I graduated college, I was bouncing in a bar because I bounced at bars during college. And so I know how mm -hmm. to do the job. I know how to do it well. I'm diplomatic. I don't challenge dudes in front of their girl if they've done something wrong. I, st I pull them aside. I'm not trying to emasculate anybody. Nobody's ever waiting for me at my car to throw hands because I dealt with them improperly. I, I didn't take the job because I'm looking to, to fight or anything like that. But it happened a lot. And so one particular night, I was working the door and I'm enforcing dress code. And these group of dudes came back four different times. And I, they know that, dude, they know the drill. They're there every weekend. They know the dress code. They yep. intentionally didn't give a shit. And I kept sending them away. And so the fifth and final time they came back, they only straight up just started pepper spraying me and jumping me. And so now I'm fighting four guys. And it spills into the street. We're literally on a main street in Albuquerque, New Mexico on Central. And I'm fighting these guys on downtown Central. And I'm, I'm literally just... I'm doing what I do. They're doing what they do. And I'm blind. I've, I've been pepper sprayed before, but I'm soaked. I'm surprised. And, and I'm getting after it. Next thing I know, I'm being choked and I'm having the fuck choked out of me. And now I'm fighting for my life because now I'm blind. My yeah. respiratory is compromised, not only from whatever object this is, but from the pepper spray. And I get the better of the guy and I flip him over my, my, my back onto his back. So now he's uh, on his back facing me. I got on top of him and I start raining down elbows and I'm beating the fuck out of this guy. It's a cop. Oh shit. <laughs> he didn't announce himself, dude. He, he gave no indication that he's a cop, that he's a police officer, anything of the like. I was fighting for my life. And so now I get arrested. I get arrested for beating the shit out of a cop. And they treated me as such. Yeah. So the police officers gave me special attention and the corrections officers gave me special attention. 
so they they cuff me heels to wrist uh they throw me in the back of their paddy wagon they crank the heat all the way up and they fog the shit out of it with pepper spray and they just drove the perimeter of the city for 12 hours straight i'm pissing myself uh and that was Jesus. the plan they just they just tortured me and we they finally take us to booking they let all the other people that were in there so we picked up other people along the way they put them in there they stopped fogging me but now i'm just literally still cuffed the way i am the good news is all the other inmates that night knew that i was receiving a special attention because i just fucked up a cop so no inmates didn't mess with me yeah but i uh i get to booking they take everybody inside but they leave me outside and then they cuff me around a, a pillar in front of the building and they went to work on me again with batons and pepper spray and then <laughs> seriously oh my god and then they finally take me in there and it was weird because a girl i dated was walking past me she got arrested too i don't know why but i i, I kind of laughed at that and so then they finally take me in they they put me in my cell and my my mattress wasn't even as wide as my body is and somebody would come in on the hour every hour and just fog me with pepper, pepper spray holy so shit. finally i uh i i get released and my brother's one that picks me up and i'm i'm so disoriented my my head has been shook i've had the shit kicked out of me uh everything is beaten up i i can barely breathe and i'm just drenched covered in orange dude i looked like i'd been dipped in a highlighter yeah yeah and it was just all the pepper spray and my brother kind of thought it was funny until he didn't and uh again no disrespect to the law enforcement community i'm literally wearing a we go home shirt i fully support law enforcement yep uh but those guys took it too far and then when they finally realized what they had done what the circumstances were the charges were dropped and uh because <laughs> we went to court it, I went for my court date and I couldn't yeah, wait. Yeah. I, I couldn't wait for my date. And we pleaded it out. It was dropped then and there. We never even had to go inside. And the officer tries to tell me, he's like, and don't ever, don't ever let me catch you downtown again. I said, fuck you. I'll be there at work tonight. And I was. But yeah. at that point, I was like, maybe this occupation isn't for me. And I oh, decided gosh. to go a different route, which is why I started, you know. I started doing everything. I was teaching at my mom's school. I was opening a gym. I continued to bounce. And so literally I would, I would bounce until two 30 in the morning. I would then head to a gym and open a gym up at four 30 in the morning. And then from there, I'd get off at 10 30 and I'd go teach PE from like 11 to two. Wow. And then from two, I'd go work as a mortgage broker gopher uh, for the next several hours until finally, I was discovered by a guy at the gym in the medical device space. He's like, I think you'd do really well working with me on these surgical instruments. And he kind of taught me the ins and outs of surgical instrumentation relative to surgeries, operating rooms, and hospitals. Okay. That happened. I hated that guy. He was a psychopath. <laughs> I warned people that he was a psychopath. He was dangerous. And, uh, and he said some horrible shit to me, man. He was a, he was a bully and he was he was an old schooler he's about 65 and he was just one of those hard-nosed bullies that just harassed me every second of every day literally i'd be working on sharpening refurbishing surgical instrumentation and he would be hovering over my shoulder with actual eye loops on criticizing my work real time jeez and at one point after six months of just non-stop bullying and harassment from this guy he says to me he's like 
what kind of a relationship do you even have with your father? And I was like, I oh, dropped man. I was like, all right, dude, now you've made it personal. You've gone too far. And you, you, you came at me the wrong way. I put up with your shit for half a year, blah, blah, blah. And we're, yeah. dude, we're 200 miles out of town. We're, we've still got to drive all the way back. I spent 80 miles telling him, when we, when we get out, I'm kicking the fuck out of you. Like, <laughs> you, you've gone too far. It's going to go. Um, and ultimately, we finally get to our destination. I do get out to keep my word. And I hear the door lock behind me. And he cracks the window a little bit. He's like, needless to say, you're fired. I was like, have you not been fucking paying attention? I don't want your life. I don't want to do what you do. And yep. I'm never going to, like, I'm out, dude. I'm done. And this guy, this crazy, he ended up blowing his head off. Like, years, years later. Because the company that we worked for, they're like, you lasted longer with this guy than anybody ever has. The longest people have made it with this guy is a week, and you did it for eight months. And wow. Things went downhill at six, but they, they went eight months. And the company's like, throw a dart at a map and we'll relocate you anywhere you want. So I got relocated to Chicago and I would people would ask my story, how was it working with him? And I tell them, I'm like, look, I, I was always looking <laughs> my shoulder. The guy was dangerous as shit. He's a psycho. I've never met an angrier human being in my life. And people chalked it up as oh, sour grapes. You're just a, you know, kind of a butthurt employee. No, dude, he blew his head off. And I said, I'm just, I'm I thank God. That I left when I did because there were times where I felt him creeping over me. And I swear that guy's gonna stick an osteotome in my jugular, dude. I was like, this guy Jeez. fucking hates me. And I don't know why, but he does. And yeah. so that was my foot in the door into medical device. And from there, I got with better, more philosophically aligned companies where I now was working in the operating room with amazing doctors and surgeons. I was peeking my head behind the curtain. And my, my area of specialty and of interest was um, spine, trauma, hardware, ortho, okay. uh, and biologic mesh. And so I would- I'm hearing Stryker. I'm hearing a lot of Stryker. So I was with Biomet. I, I okay. yep. Stryker and I ended up going with Biomet. And so I spent uh, 18 months actually in, Pers is either Whippany or Parsippany, New Jersey. Okay. Uh, at their HQ in a sawbones lab, and I worked on cadavers for three months. And so I, I worked through all the instrumentation, all the different types of iterations, because my job in the operating room is to sit there with my laser pointer and tell the doctor what we're doing next procedurally yep. relative to his case. And so I've seen every type of surgery under the sun, good and bad. I mean, things that haunt me to this day, because I don't have that off switch, man. I'm not a doctor. I didn't ever want to be a doctor. And how yeah. they're able to compartmentalize some of the things that they do blows my mind because um, I've seen tragedies and I've, I still, I still get haunted by a few things that I've seen. Um, but my, my favorite, my favorite representation of product was regenerative tissue. Yep. And okay. what, it, it just, it was, it fascinated me to see that the way that this stuff operated in the body. And so I, I've, <laughs> I've been in more hernias, burns, breast reconstructions than, than anything else. Like I've seen a lot of surgeries, a lot of hardware, but all of those things is where I really, really kind of came into my own relative to yeah. life science and biologics. Okay. And I, I had the privilege of working underneath a gentleman by the name of Dr. Uh, Jeffrey Morehouse and he's a Stanford educated doctor. He's local to Albuquerque, New Mexico, phenomenal human being. 
And that guy was just exceedingly patient with me. He taught me so much about anatomy, physiology, the body procedure protocol. I just, I, I literally got to sit there and listen and watch and learn all day, every day I was in the operating room. I got to see things that just, I'll never forget. Yeah. And the education was just remarkable. So what I was able to do was combine my love of life science and medicine and can join that with my love of athletics. You know, now we're, now we're talking anatomy, physiology, what makes the body work, what optimizes yep. the operating cellular systems and all those things. And that's what made me ultimately and eventually decide to go into the route of entrepreneurialism and cultivate and develop things that make the body function and, and work better. And so that's how I came to be with, with my existing project. Now I started this in 2014. Okay. It's, it's all I've done since 2014. I haven't had another job since. And it started by me relocating to the university of South Florida research park and digging into their intellectual property and studying literally catechins, procyanidins, all these mechanisms of action yep. and how they work and how they function in the operating uh, system of the body. And that's where I really started looking at and understanding the catechins that do things and the catechins that don't do shit. Yep. And, and I look forward to just pulling the curtain back on a lot of those conversations because I still think that it's as widely studied as it is. It's not studied the right way. People are focusing on the wrong things. And I've got to be careful with what I say because yeah, yeah. I, I too have my secrets and we've got some patent pendings and I'm really excited to just continue to educate the world as best I can with what I learned relative to catechins and gallate enhanced ligamer and, and why we're so bioavailable, uh, bioavailable. And one of the things that people don't understand relative to bioavailability, for us, it's a size thing. You've got, you've got larger molecules and you've got, and I'm not telling you nothing you don't know, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, but what we're comprised primarily of are the smaller molecules that actually get through. They get through and they're not, they're not absorbed into the tissue prematurely. So they get to where they're supposed to go, which is why I tell people we don't really have competition relative to other pump ingredients. And I'll, and I'll just use the word because, and I'm talking about their claims, not mine vasodilation, nitric oxide, those types of mechanisms. There's great products out there that do those things. Mm -hmm. What we do is relative to optimizing blood flow, we open up the pathway so that those ingredients, those great ingredients like nitrosine, like vasodrive, they can get where they're going because we, in essence, clear the way and optimize and prep those landing spots for, those, for them to actually be absorbed into the body. Yep. So you're getting a full clinical dosage. And so... Vaso six for us, the way my partner, Mike and I, Mike is so smart, dude, the way, like the way he looks at things, <laughs> his perspectives are fascinating. He just, he says such profound shit to me. And he says it in a way that just, he never tries to talk over anybody's head though. He's capable. He's smart enough to know that, look, unless the person on the other side of the table knows what the hell you just said, you didn't accomplish anything. It's not about trying to look like the smartest guy in the room is trying. It's about helping people understand what you're trying to say. And so, so now, I, I was going to say, so, so I, I know Mike from the circles, okay, mm -hmm. but I don't know Mike well enough. Is he a scientist as well, or like what is his background? Fuck no. And he'll be the first to tell you, I'm not okay. a science guy. He's like, I am a business guy. Okay. But Mike, I mean, his background of business, like he is, he's a scale and takeover specialist. So Mike made his bones in med device as well. 
And okay. he himself is contracted by the likes of J&J, uh, uh, GE, uh, Thermo Fisher, like all these guys, all these major companies call Mike for size and scale. He's a turnaround specialist. He'll take things that are small and make them huge. Okay. And, and he just has a way of optimizing and performing at a way that he just is all about deliverables. And he knows how to get there with as few moves as possible. So the guy literally looks at everything algebraically of how do I get X to the other side as simply and efficiently as possible. And okay. he's been able to do that with me. And, and that's why I impress upon people the importance of having a mentor and having somebody that can help you develop. You know, I've always been the face of Vaso 6 and Selfless 6, but I'm telling you, Mike is the reason why I'm here. I couldn't awesome. do what I do without him. He's the shit. Yeah. So and let's so let's he, talk a little bit about cell flow six itself because I've got people commenting they want to know about dosages, when to use it, timing. Because I've seen like one of your posts was you seem to use it pre and post. Yes. Um, but maybe we could just talk about you know because I what what real dosages should be, timing, things along those lines. So we we have a good long we we've got a great relationship, uh, and it's called NutriScience, and the the gentleman over there is Dr. Michael Layla. Yep. And we've worked extensively with him just to try and learn more. You know, Mike and I really consider ourselves students of what we do, but we also consider ourselves experts at what we do. And we want to lead the conversation relative to green tea extract, catechins, procyanidins, the whole thing, polyphenols. And, and so working with Dr. Layla, he's like, look, he's like, you guys have something that is so great for performance and endurance, but for recovery is truly fascinating. He's like this relative to what you do with blood flow, He's like, this is tailor-made for recovery. And what we're doing in the world of recovery, what we're going to launch in the world of recovery is very exciting. But even with him going through our data and what we have, he's like, look, it's a range. He's like, the, the, the dosage here is 300 to 600. So we've got great preclinical data. It's in our patent pending where we've studied the small blood vessels. So we're talking about the veins. Yep. And in the veins, we're seeing a response and an increase in blood flow and an optimization of blood flow at a very high percentage. And so we know what we do at 300 milligrams relative to the small blood vessels. Now, the study that we published with Dr. Roberts at the University of Auburn, we looked at 300 and 600, but we're looking at the artery. We're looking at the brachial artery. We want to see what okay. we did there. Because, we, again, we're a startup company. We're small, we're self-funded, and we're learning. We want to see... Do we see any activity, any movement, any motion within the brachial artery and at what dosage? And yep. so we did 300 and you didn't see. And again, it's a brachial artery, dude. It's already as big as it's going to get. You're not going to blow it up. Yeah. And so that's why we were fascinated to see what happens. And we saw strong activity at 600. So small blood vessel, we've seen great movement at 300. Big blood vessel relative to recovery and heart health. We saw phenomenal, phenomenal results at 600 milligrams and right. so that's why our range really is 300 to 600 and the threshold for me daily is relatively 900 and i'm not afraid to go to a gram it's not an everyday dosage yep. but my typical protocol my sweet spot you know we we kind of popularize this within the supplement snoop community and that is life begins at 600 milligrams okay and so relative to pre we take 600 milligrams as the base and then at night before bed, I'll take another 300 to 600 milligrams for recovery. Because a lot of people think that you have to be active and dynamic when you take this. You do not. So for me, yeah. when you're in static and at rest, I think it works even better than when you're in, in motion. And so my right. protocol is always 600 pre 
and at night before bed, minimum 300, usually 600. Interesting. Okay. So here's a question for you that, that I'm seeing a lot now that obviously it's, it's a trademarked ingredient and there's got to be, so company, company, your, I'm going to say the manufacturers obviously need to make sure they've got the right licenses, whatever it is and play with you guys. But as a consumer, something I see now with a lot of shadiness going on is that companies are coming out with products and they're listing trademarked ingredients, but they're not really either in the product or they're doing it to gain attention. Is there a way as a consumer to know that, look, it says Self-Flow 6, it's got that little sticker, trademark, whatever it is, that there really is that licensing or, or agreement between the manufacturer you know, I'm going to know it's it's legit, not just somebody putting a, putting it on the label. Does that make sense? It, it makes perfect sense. And by the way, I saw a lot of that with Vaso Six. I saw knockoffs all over the world. Yes. But we do have a, a TMLA agreement that that every one of our vendors gets, and so there's a process and a protocol that everybody has to go through. So, anytime a customer launches with my brand, uh, there's requirements and there's also limitations. We absolutely throttle back language. You don't, you don't have free license to say what you want to say about my product. That's, that's screaming for litigation against you. Yep. And, and, and sadly, we, we live in a very sensationalist industry where people, skin-tearing pumps, like a brand can say skin-tearing pumps, but if I say that shit, I yeah. am probably going to jail, dude. <laughs> like, I'm not allowed to say that shit. And so brands don't understand the disconnect. You guys market however you want, but when it comes to my legal vetted claims by my attorneys at Venable, you are not allowed to go out and just talk about my ingredient however you wish. And so every time a product launches, we have label requirements, we have ingredient panel requirements, and if they don't satisfy those or if they infringe on those once they do go live, uh, they won't be fulfilled again. And in fact, there's, okay. there's companies that, and I won't say who they are, but there's companies I absolutely will never sell to again. I'm sure of it. I'm sure. Yeah. And so I oftentimes, back to your question, oftentimes if there is an infraction, uh, I give people the benefit of the doubt. For example, uh, Echo Vision. Uh, yep. They were launching. They launched that dethroner, which had everything in it. Oh, God. I don't think you're in the kitchen sink. Yeah. That's the one, Sean. And so people were really suspect about that myself included, because I'd never seen a TMLA for it. I'd never seen a label that I approved. It just was getting ready to hit market. And I hit up Ben Kinn. I was like, what the fuck? I, I said, Ben, what, what can you tell me about this brand, this product? And yeah, you know, Ben's a phenomenal source of information. And so he connected me with the guy and I connected right away with him. I said, hey, benefit of the doubt. I see that my brand is in here. I don't know you and we've never spoken and and I'd like to know who you're talking to or who's been speaking with you or who's saying, how do we get here? Yeah. And immediately, literally, he's like, dude, I'm calling you right now. We're going to go, we're going to go on the phone with my co-man and we sorted it through. And it just so happened that relative to the process, the main person that leave that was handling this went into a different place. And so mm. that in between gap of, Someone was going out before someone came in is why this fell through the crack. Interesting. Um, okay. So that was a case where I thought somebody may be ripping me off and I didn't outright accuse them, but I did want to, I did want to put the jigsaw together and figure it out. So thankfully they weren't. However, uh, there are brands out there that I am concerned about. Okay. And, and there's even brands out there right now that 
claim they're I can't get into it, and, and I yeah, won't. yeah, no, no, I'm not going to compromise you. Okay, so let, let let's get off that. So, are there any ingredients? If someone's looking at a panel, is there any ingredients that you did you say, look, you cannot mix cell flow with DMHA or any anything gray or or suspect, so that people like if I see cell flow with this pro, whatever ingredients you're seeing, I know it's fake. You know what? I I personally I haven't come across that, and and I'll okay. I'll be the first one to acknowledge, dude. I'm not the strongest encompassing of all ingredients yeah okay so I, i've got my specialty i've got my skill set and i know the things i'm really good at but as far as all ingredients i can i can i can identify certain redundancies like if you're going to put my stuff in and another green tea extract or a grapeseed extract i'm like what are you doing we're talking catechins okay. now we're talking generalized catechins and now you're just now inflating this panel and and there's unnecessary cost in there in addition yep. to you've got the same pathways for other nitric oxide, this, that, the other. So I'm like, people people tend to just make those types of mistakes where I see a lot of redundancy, but I don't see a lot of shadiness going on. Dude, okay. I'm sorry. My, can you give me one moment? Okay. Oh, go, go. Okay, one second. Amazon delivery. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I apologize for that. But no, don't. My my youngest was having a hard time getting in. Like our alarm code was not activating, and she was locked outside. <laughs> so, back to business. So I, I do look at ingredient panels uh, more than anything. Yeah. And I I oftentimes like to identify redundancy, but I'll tell you this: there's there's so many brands that we like to play with. And there's a lot of myths and misconceptions like I'm supposed to be butting heads with this guy or that guy or we don't get along. I'm like, nah, I, I'm not here for turf wars, dude. I'm not here for egos. Yeah. I want the customer to win. The whole reason I came here is not to drudge up high school drama. I want everyone to learn and I like to benefit rather. I want everyone to benefit from our stuff, from our material. And I don't ever want the customer or the brand to have to pick this one over that one because at the end of the day, they lose. So, yep. I'd like to think we play nicely with everybody. So Lucas is asking a question that I'll share. It says, Matt, with Cellflow 6 getting more and more popular, do you have any more projects, ingredients in the works, any special plans for this year, whether you, whether you can or can't? Sure. Just answer, Lucas. Uh, I'll tell you this. <laughs> New Live Science fascinates me. I, yep. I, love, I, know, I love New Live Science. I love their portfolio of ingredients. I love Astrogen. And uh, Synaptive, I think those ingredients are phenomenal. We continue to talk to each other. And I'm not saying we're literally doing something at the moment, but we like the synergies between those. And so we continue to look at those synergies and those pathways and those bioavailabilities and how we complement one another. Because I yep. think that's a really good thing, not only for brands, but for ingredients, collaborations. I think collaborations with brands and ingredients are, are a special thing where not only it can affect dosage and efficacy, but it, it can also affect bottom line as well. And at a time right now where supply chain and inflation and everything is so out of control, I think if you can offer more for less, I think it's a special thing. But at the end of the day, to, to, to Lucas's question, uh, what Mike and I are really interested in doing is lowering the dosage. We want to we continue to concentrate our molecules, our base molecules down so low that we're talking about a 50 milligram dosage. You know, a lot of okay. people might think that you want to go higher. No, you don't. Like you, you want to be, you don't want to leave a footprint in an ingredient panel that could potentially be negative. Have you ever sure. tasted raw cell flow six? 
No. Dude. Worse than Lions Mane? Is it worse than Lions Mane? No, but comparative, right? Like, okay. And, and, okay. and to hear my partner, Mike, talk about it, like, oh, it's fucking disgusting. So he's hysterical, <laughs> dude. And But it's supposed to be. It's all natural. Yeah. It's as concentrated as anything else. Like, it is the most concentrated green tea extract there is. And so it's not going to taste good. It's going to have that deep, bitter astringency to it. And so yeah. obviously, the less of that that you have to put into a formula, the easier it's going to be to flavor. And so we want we want to be in everything. We want to be in, and certainly... Um, you know, shakes, proteins, beverages, energy yep. drinks. And that's easier to get to when you're at a 50 to 75 milligram dosage. So our, our goal right now is just to continue to, to scale down our dosage while scaling up our concentration to catechins and also in doing so looking at different source materials. So um, grapeseed has always been adventurous. In fact, let me debunk a myth right now. Okay. There's never Please. been grape seed in Vaso 6. So many people think it's grape seed and green tea. No, it's never been that. The patents originally that we had studied grape seed, but when we did our cellular assays, we didn't like the effect that grape seed had on canines. It's lethal to canines. I wasn't okay. going to put a product forth into the world that's going to kill dogs. And so we went the route of green tea leaf and now we're going to continue to look at those types of things we're looking at cocoa we're or, uh, a cocoa bean mm -hmm. we're looking at peanut skins and shells we're looking at grapevine damn uh, we're looking at rhubarb like there's a lot of and mushrooms dude oh my god man there are so many things fascinating right now with mushrooms in fact i'll go on record i always have one of my favorite ingredients is pico too yeah and the things that you're going to be able to do with fungus and and it's just vastly understudied and underutilized because I think the sky's the limit with mushrooms. And so Mike and I are always interested in looking at different source material. So I'm going to ask a question on behalf of Pete. He's not asking this, but I'm going to ask him on his behalf. Have you looked at cell flow six as a sexual aid? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, that's how it started, dude. Uh, at, the at the campus of University of South Florida, originally the people thought that this was erectile dysfunction remedy. Okay. And it was intended to prevent whiskey dick and forgive all the finger quotes I'm doing, but that's what they were telling me. And so they had kind of looked at this and sampled this within vodkas and Bacardi and stuff like that. And, and so when I, when I took over the project and started developing it with Mike, we were known as like the, the boner vodka guys. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we've, we've come a long way since then. Yeah. One plus one equals two. We're talking about blood flow. We're talking about appendages. And we're talking about the circulatory system, the vast network that is your circulatory system. And so, yes. And in fact, many people do reference the benefits and gains of cell flow six. Gains, keyword gains. There you have it, dude. And by the way, one of the one of the people that identified this and is, and is continuing to circle the drain in this particular market and topic is uh, Sam Borsky. And, and, and let me just talk to you about him for a minute. He, he's, he's fucking crazy, dude. That guy, I, I don't yeah. know if he sleeps. He, he quite literally to me is a mad scientist. Between the inspiration he's able to pull from cinema and just his active lifestyle and where he comes from in this world, he's like the perfect storm of controlled chaos. And, and the yeah. way that he looks at ingredients and markets and iterations and products, not for the sake of volume, but for the sake of filling a void, for my money, there's no one better. Like he looks at things differently. And I yeah. think that this industry 
would do wise to follow suit because that guy will run the table with self low six. No, I know he's, he's a so huge advocate. I'm sorry. And Robert's like, Robert, I said he's a huge advocate, obviously, of you and obviously the, the ingredient. But you've seen him. He's on a podcast a couple of times a month. He's one of my closest friends in the industry. And I think I, we, I kid around. I think he's at the point of addiction now that he has to come out with products, has to come out with products. I'm like, enjoy, you know, slow down for a minute. And now with this new podcast, like what else can you not do? Like you said, he doesn't sleep. Dude, he's obsessed. And, and I mean that as a compliment. And I think, yes, I think one of the smartest things he did was uh, elevate uh, Carolina, Carolina into the position of CEO. Yeah. Because one, that positions her beautifully to star the way she does yes. and perform the way that she can. But it also frees up Rob to be Rob. Like, dude, yeah. he's the face, he's the brand, he's a living and breathing embodiment of Apollo Nutrition and that gritty gem. He attracts people to him like a like a magnet, dude. And his yeah. products are fascinating. And they they span the globe and they span across so many different markets. But he was one of the first people to be like, you know, dude, uh, libido, sexual enhancement, it, it makes sense. He sees it. He gets it. He likes it. Because he's getting old. He's going to be 48 next month. He always pokes fun at me. He's going to get an old fuck, too. It's crazy, dude. I'm like, shit, this guy talking about 48. I'm like, dude, you would beat my ass at 21. Like, he's just solid, solid as a fucking brick house, dude. And, and, yeah. and by the way, there's no telling, like, he, get, he should give people hope. You know what I mean? Like, this is what you, this is how active and hard you want to be at 48. This is what's possible for you. Yep. And, and, yeah. and I think he just, I think people, they clearly, they resonate around his messaging and the, the optics that he signals into the world. Like he lives the brand. He's not some fucking tourist that comes in here and preaches and, and talks the talk. Like he does live it. Yeah, no, I agree. So Matt, take off, take off your self flow six hat for a moment. Obviously you've been using supplements for many years. When you look at the current state of the industry, are we healthy? Are we kind of stagnant? I mean, what, what are you seeing? What, what are you thinking? I'm seeing, you know, <laughs> it used to be a very distinct line between sports nutrition and health and wellness. It was almost like sports nutrition was hard and sexy and health and wellness was a little bit vanilla and dull. But yeah. now they're merging. And now you're able to get both things. And, and, and it's, again, it makes me happy seeing that these worlds are coming together because they should be one and the same. And I yeah. like seeing some of these, even these hardcore brands are putting out kidney support, heart health, liver support. And, yeah. and we're now targeting more than just a pump and a muscle. Now we're talking actual internal organs. And I love the fact that this industry is starting to, to turn the corner and tie it all together into health and wellness and performance. They all synergistically work very well together. And that's yes. driven by, by ingredients, man. And it's, it's, and of course people are going to be like, well, you're just saying that because you're an ingredient guy. And no, the reason I'm saying that is because I believe this way. And it's, that's why I became an ingredient guy, because I care about creating things that people put in their bodies that make them better, that make them healthier, that might even help them live longer and, and scathe off illnesses and ailments and, and, and pro, prolong longevity. Like I want people to really that's benefit. It. And, and if, if the companies that are doing that the right way, dude, I'll tell you this. I don't give a shit about your latest flavor that you've licensed. It's so funny. People like, I get it. It's supposed to taste good and it's great, but it, it doesn't impress me, dude. Yeah, like yeah. there's there some beautiful brands and some beautiful labels out there, but like putting in licensing a new flavor is an innovation, dude. 
it may taste yeah. better, but what, what needle are you really moving? It's, it's worthy of stacks, but you're not going to get yeah. published for it. And so people that really move the needle for me are the ones that truly dive into innovation and want to make the world better, healthier, and explain why they're making it better and healthier and how quantifiably and measurably in your, in your real life, how yep. it's going to affect you. And I think there's a lot of brands that are actually realizing the emphasis for the customer base, especially post COVID is health and wellness, especially heart health, dude. Yes. And, and I really want people to start focusing on heart health. Have you ever seen more teenage kids die, more young athletes die than you have in the past two years? Well, it's true. And that, that's one of the things to get on my high horse is I got a lot of friends that they're in the gym. They're working hard. Dude, I got 325 up today for six. I'm like, did you go on the treadmill today? I'm like, you're working everything external, but at the end of the day, what's really pushing everything? It's your heart that's really making it. Your heart's the motor almost of the body. Why are you not running, going for a walk, something? And I, you know, that's just me on my high horse. No, dude. You, I'm going to piggyback. Like, literally the other day, I went and just gave myself a, a hell day of cardio. And I'm like, I don't do it to burn fat. I don't give a shit what I look like, dude. I don't do what I do for aesthetics. I'm, I'm ugly. I lean into it. I don't care. My heart loves it though, bro. Like I went yeah. and did all the cardio I did because it keeps my operating system pumped and optimized. And that's what I care about. Now more than ever, I want a healthy heart, healthy blood flow, eliminate the oxidative stress, cellular rejuvenation, all those things matter, dude. Like yep. the the harder your <laughs> the harder your endothelium gets, the more danger you're in. And what we do is we keep it soft, we keep it supple, we keep it flushed. And that's yep. what I wish more people would focus on. It's not just the aesthetic of a gym and the outcome of a pump, but what are you doing for your internal organs? And again, back that's to it. your question, I think many people in the industry that are leaning into that are going to be the forefront and the thought leaders of this industry because they're making an emphasis out of it. And by no means is it gender or age prohibitive. All exactly. ages can benefit from heart health, from immune support, all that stuff. And that's what we need people to focus on. And the rest is gravy, dude. Like if you... If you've got a six pack and pumped up biceps, all the better. But if you're healthy and live longer, that's what I care about. That's it. That's it. I've got two kids and I always say, look, I would love to be a great grandfather. But at the end of the day, as long as I'm a grandfather, being active with my with my grandkids, throwing a ball, running, whatever, that that's my goal now, my next, my next step in life. It's amazing, dude. The older I get, the further my company comes along, uh, the simpler my life becomes, the simpler my needs become. You know, I had a buddy the other day, he's like, dude, I like your haircut. I said, thanks, buddy. He's like, Wish I still had hair to grow. And I said, it, I said, buddy, it's easy for me to say I get, but it doesn't matter. I said, the fact that you're alive, healthy, and well, and you can make That's that it. comment to me is all I care about. It's all, it's all your significant other is going to care about. Yep. Drop the aesthetic shit. I don't care. No one else cares. Like, dude, I've lost so many people in the past three years that I'm, I'm just in a place right now. I'm like, I literally pray about it every night. Happy, healthy, well, safe, alive, dude. It's all I want for people. Yep. And if you look good in the process, awesome. But if you don't, as long as you're here conversationally with me, in my world, in my ether, sharing your stories about your family, like that's what I care about. Yeah. My dad always says, as morbid as it sounds, as long as your foot hits the floor in the morning, it's going to be a good day. And I'm like, well, I hope it's not just your foot from rigor mortis falling out of the bed. But anyway. <laughs> that's, dude. The perfect, the perfect response from a loving son, dude. <laughs> I love it, dude. But that's what makes me happy is we've got people right now that are placing that emphasis where it belongs. I'm happy to be a part of that conversation. I want yep. to continue per to, to perpetuate that message. 
because to me it's about wellness man I, you know just it starts today dude don't be that guy's like well i'll care about it monday dude monday's not promised to anybody and i'm not telling anybody nothing they don't know but you need yeah. to understand that and really live it dude and that's why make today matter well, that's my thing. It's like, don't wait for what, why do you have to wait for a new year's resolution to do something? Just do it now. Do it. I mean, start tomorrow. Why wait till January 1st? Now's all we have, bro. And, yep. and, and I'm telling you, I've seen too many things in my, my life that every, everybody thinks, dude, they've got all the time in the world. In fact, I've had people that are like, dude, I, I don't need to figure out my career right now. I've got plenty of time. I'm 26. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> like, Buddy, like my cousin joined the military when he was 17. He's nearly 10 years into his, like he'll have a pension by the time you figure it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you've got to get busy and the world is getting more expensive, not less. That's and it. tomorrow is harder than today. Today is the easiest it will get. It's not going to get easier than today. It's only going to get harder from today. Great and point. so I really wish people would take that emphasis of urgency and get busy, dude. And just something is better than anything, dude. The other day I went to the gym and I was not into it, dude. I didn't want to be there. But I'm like, look, this piss poor effort is still going to be better than not doing shit. Yep. And, and your so, B-cups, thank you for it. Yeah, dude, they're righteous, are they not, bro? 2023, dude, these bad boys are going to be C's. It's going to, hey, it's a sight to behold. I appreciate you bringing it up, dude. We're, you know, next time we're not going to do a podcast. We're going to shoot my OnlyFans. Okay. There's only a discount code for that. I'm not going to pay you full parade. I'll, I'll, I got a discounted code on that. Dude, the first click is free. How about that? Okay. But, Matt, it's been an absolute, absolute, absolute pleasure, my man. It's been too long. But uh, is there anything else that you want to kind of get off your chest? Anything we didn't cover today? I, I just want everybody listening to understand it's a blessing to serve this community. I'm living my dream. It's because of them and because of people like you, I am living my dream. I never got to this for profits, for fame, for fortune, dude. I just wanted meaningful, purposeful work. And the more people that take my product, the more people that formulate with my product, the more fulfilled I am as a person, dude, because it's just such a, it's, it's humbling. It's, it's emotional to see people all around the world take your product, believe in your product, buy in and support you as a person and as a brand. Yep. And it just makes me happy to be of service, dude. That's all I care about. So to those of you watching and listening, even supporting Sean, uh, he's a strong voice in this community. Thank we you. need more people like him, but there's not more that are more qualified than him to have these types of conversations. He could have gone way more clinically in this discussion, but didn't. And so thank you for watching. Thank you for tuning in. And thank you for the support of he and I both. Matt, where can people go to either learn more about you, product knowledge, anything whatsoever? Everyone gets a response to my direct messages on Instagram. My, my Instagram handle is Cleary Mateo. My, my middle name is Cleary. My first name is Matthew, but in Spanish, it's Mateo. So Cleary Mateo, come and connect with me. I look forward to talking with you, man. I've got nothing but, nothing but time to just share and spread the good word of Self-Low 6. And to everybody listening to this, if you've enjoyed listening to Matt so much, we're actually talking about bringing Robic into the next podcast for a three-way. So make sure you bring your popcorn and strap in your seatbelts. Three way it is. But Matt, again, it's always a pleasure. I'm glad it finally happened, and hopefully it won't be another year to have you back. Um, but for everybody watching, thank you so much. Have a great rest of the day, and have a great week. Thank you, brother.